Is it finally time for the Hornets to trade for a big guy, one that's been married to the Hornets and fake trades for like two and a half years? We talk about that, plus welcome Wes Bryant for Wes Wednesdays today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. So thanks again to Truebill for sponsoring this episode. Follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH, and you can find the show handle on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. First, go to YouTube. You can watch us make full of ourselves and then what you can do is go ahead and subscribe so you can continue to not miss us ever make fools of ourselves let's talk about the newest news in the nba with the indiana pacers sham sharania of the athletic reporting that they're ready to retool if not rebuild entirely and we know that the charlotte hornets have a quite interesting connection with the pacers because miles turner the center for them that has been linked in a lot of trades for quite a few teams in the nba but the Hornets have always been there, married to him in fake trades for the last two and change years because it's always been a fit that's made a lot of sense. Well, now the Pacers, they're once again saying they're ready to trade Miles Turner, that they're ready to, after a 10-16 and 16 start, kind of move on. But also, they're willing to trade Sabonis and Karis LeVert. Now, I say retool despite Sham Sharania kind of reporting a rebuild because when you actually clicked on the link, the headline didn't match. It said they're either going to trade one or the other of those big guys. Maybe if they were blown away with the deal, they might trade everybody and just completely blow it up. But they're either going to trade as reported Miles Turner or Sabonis, not really package both. Akaris Levert is another guy that they actually just acquired in the whole three-team trade with Victor Oladipo. Thought that was going to be a good pickup for them. Levert, the efficiency hasn't been there, so they're willing to part ways with him as well. Malcolm Brogdon, a lot of people have kind of taken note of, said, hey, maybe what if they trade him? Not going to happen. His deal that he just signed with the Pacers actually doesn't allow him to get traded. So you have Malcolm Brogdon kind of locked in there. But Doug, as we know, They've been linked to the Hornets quite a bit with specifically Turner. What do you think about how the Charlotte Hornets should kind of inquire, maybe navigate this news surrounding the Indiana Pacers? Well, Walker, I think big picture, the Hornets have to take advantage of any opportunity they can find to upgrade the big position if they really believe that this team is tooled and ready for the playoffs. They have... They have young talent out the wazoo. That's a technical basketball term, by the way, out the wazoo. We've seen it on display. Book Knight playing well. JT Thor playing well. We don't even know what Kai Jones is capable of, but we've seen flashes, and we know that that could be a future piece. So they have multiple young players, and uh, they, they own most of their draft assets. Uh, so now is the time to either depart with some of that talent or some of those draft pieces and make a run at the playoffs. I think this is what I think we should talk about. 
in terms of what this deal could look like is the difference between those two terms that you used, retool versus rebuild. Because rebuild, if you're rebuilding, you're going to want certain things. You're going to want future draft assets, and you're going to want uh, you may be able to you may be more willing to take on dead money and and worse players in the present to build for the future. But if you're retooling, then you may want some pieces that you feel like more complement. Uh, your current roster minus the player that you send out in order to try to get back into the playoff chase. And so if you're kind of trying to go in the middle of that, maybe I, I don't even know what that would mean, but kind of in the middle of retooling and rebuilding. So you keep one of the big guys, but you trade Karis Levert, you trade a Miles Turner or a Sabonis, and you still have TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, and one of the guys that you kept. That's kind of mm -hmm. more so retooling. But let's say I, I just, we just don't know how scorched earth the Pacers are going to get. And so to your point, mm -hmm. we don't know what the Pacers are going to want in return. Like Terry Rozier is going to be somebody that helps you retool and kind of go at the postseason different way trading Gordon Hayward certainly going to be the same thing even more so but that's where it gets tricky Doug because what the Pacers might want they might want those first round draft picks which by the way the Hornets don't really have one this year you look at them trading the first round pick to the New York Knicks and it's protected which everybody was praising Mitch Kupchak for and it's nice you didn't give up a ton but now the Knicks have control over that so there's no midseason trades that you can make with that first round pick and then after the season then the Hornets might get their pick back who knows but it's going to be protected 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 until it conveys into like two second rounders to the Knicks after a while same thing with the Pelicans right like when they traded Devonte Graham it was a lottery protected pick but guess what the Pelicans are last in the Western Conference right now, so it doesn't look like that pick is going to convey. They don't have a first-round pick to give up this year. How much do the Pacers want some kind of play in the first round of this year's draft from the team that they trade one of these guys for? Not to mention, now here we are talking about the difference again between rebuilding, still trying to go after the postseason. You have to have these salaries match. And so if you go for Rozier... That's not dead money. That's somebody that helps you win right now. If you're going mm -hmm. for a Gordon Hayward, that's not dead money. Maybe at the end, the very end of his contract, but that's somebody that helps you win right now. And we know Gordon mm -hmm. Hayward wanted to go back to Indiana, but Charlotte was offering more money. And so you get a little tricky here. Like, are you trying to go after a Kelly Oubre, a James Booknight, or Kai Jones? and then pull that trigger with Miles because then you don't have guaranteed money the second year of Kelly's contract, that would be enticing for, for the Indiana Pacers. You know, those are the types of deals that you're looking at, and, and I, I think it's a little harder to try to fit some of that stuff right now, even if the Hornets really, really might want Miles Turner, as it's been reported a couple of times in years past. And I'll say this, the Hornets have something that the Pacers desperately need. So if they are legitimately looking to retool, the one place the Pacers need to retool is, is three-point shooting. <laughs> like, this team has not shot the ball very well. Uh, Karis LeVert has underwhelmed. Uh, the, the one guy who has been shooting right about where you would expect him to shoot for his position is Miles Turner. Additionally, oh, Justin Holiday has played well there in reserve, but you know, Malcolm Brogdon's not shooting the ball great. So they need shooting. The Hornets have plenty of that, and they have some wing depth. So the, I think the Kelly Oubre thing is very interesting to me. You know, if you pair Kelly Oubre and Ish Smith together, then those contracts match up, plus whatever draft assets, future draft assets that, that you could send their way. Those contracts actually match up with both Miles Turner and Sabonis. 
the, the, the complicated piece is how fast are the Indiana Pacers looking to move uh, because the Hornets can't trade either Ish or Kelly until the 15th yeah. of December due to the fact that they were both signed in this past free agency and you have to keep players that you sign in free agency for three months. So that ends on December 15th. Our you know, will will the Pacers get willing suitors? How quickly are they looking to move to retool? I think that's a that's a big question. But that's that's kind of the deal structure that I like. You sacrifice some of your wing depth if you are the if you're the Hornets, um, but you bring back that piece that you desperately need in either Sabonis or uh, Miles Turner. You know, and, and that also attributes to Mason Plumley. So let's say you get rid of Mason Plumley, the Pacers find his eight million dollars next year, which I don't think is is it fully guaranteed. I'm looking at it now. I didn't think it was, but oh well. So Mason Plumley making eight million, and then that's how you're able to have PJ Washington as the real value going out because we've thrown PJ's name in a lot yeah. regarding a Miles. And Turner. I think he would be attractive again. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has been lights out three point shooting. The problem with and and I don't again I don't know what the Hornets thinking here is, but the problem with sending out Mason Walker is that you sort of run into the same position. You're one center injury away from being completely decimated underneath. So if you're yeah. really looking to make the playoffs, don't you have to keep Mason Plumley well, as your and, reserve center? Well, and and I would I would do that if you weren't also sending PJ Washington, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were just sending Mason Plumley and then somebody else as the real value because Mason's just salary filler at this point. Nobody cares yeah. about losing Mason if you're going to if you're going to get Miles Turner, but if you're getting rid of Mason in order to get rid of a PJ2 as the real sweet thing in this deal, in order to match the salary and then you add a I don't know whoever else as salary filler also then that that would be the tough thing because then if Miles goes down you don't go to the small ball lineup constantly you're relying heavily on Miles Bridges at center again and then you're going to JT Thor yeah look yeah love what JT Thor gave us the the other night but can't rely on that by any means you're not going to Vernon Carey can't rely on Nick Richards like we've got a bunch of those first and second year guys that right. are going to be turnstiles once again what complicates this a little bit when you go to the trade machine is actually the fact that Mitch has balanced the books almost too well. You've got a lot of players yeah. on on low money deals, and and your top tier talent is signed to big deals. That's kind of what you want. You don't you don't want the Rich Cho situation that we had many years ago, where you had all of these sort of middling players with mid sized contracts. Um, that that became sort of burdens on your finances year after year after year. Um, I think he's balanced the books quite well, but it makes it difficult when you're trying to construct a, a deal to match money and bring in somebody who's making 18, 19 million when you've got a bunch of players making one, two, three, four million dollars. You know, there, there's a lot of things to address here. Honestly, we could do an entire episode on this. We got to get to Wes Bryan in just a moment. But oh, and you know, listen, we got time. We'll 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 do the, we'll be talking about this in the next couple of days. So subscribe to the oh, podcast. Okay. Subscribe on YouTube. Come check us out. Did you just make a producer thing right there? Where, we're we're not gonna. You don't want me to. You want me to hold off a little bit on some of this pace. Sneak it in. Yeah, we gotta. Okay. We gotta stretch. Right. We gotta stretch this out. <laughs> I like it. I was about to go and continue to talk about it, but I like that. Thank you for doing the producer type thing. Let's talk about calm before we go to West Bryan. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James King James? It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is the superpower for LeBron. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that 
your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, perform at the best, just like King James. So if you head to calm.com slash NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm pre- uh, premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and it's so peaceful, so trickling down as you try, as you gently fall asleep, so much more, like sleep stories, meditations, so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash lockdown NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash lockdown NBA. That's C A L M dot com slash lockdown NBA. And speaking of which, you can have one calm to help you sleep to re-energize you but you can also have built bar to help re-energize you because it's the best energy bar on the market this holiday season you can grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar built bar is filled with so much holiday goodness it's rich with decadent flavor covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories sugar net carbs and fat but it's also high in protein it's also high in fiber like some of those marshmallowy uh, marshmallowy treats around the holidays as well then you need to get your hands on built bar puffs they're light they're fluffy marshmallowy through and through different flavors as well all covered in chocolate they taste so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein go to built.com use promo code Locked 15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, go to built.com, locked 15, and get 15% off of your order. It's time for West Wednesdays coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. You know, you give them the pink to let them know you have the a little bit of a softer side, but you give them the black to let them know it's still real out here. Don't <laughs> off, okay? I just got to let you know it's still real. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Before we go to Wes Bryant and bring you Wes Wednesdays that I know everybody loves, I did want to talk about COVID protocols regarding what we were discussing with the trade, a potential trade with Indiana, because right now Charlotte Hornets have five guys that are out including Ish Smith, who was the most recent added to that. And we don't know exactly the timetable on when those players can return. And what's interesting is there were a couple people making the case that it was the best time for the Charlotte Hornets to experience this type of problem. But now if Miles Turner or Sabonis is there for the taking, you don't want to lose out on another team coming in to swoop those guys if the Hornets are really interested. And you can't really trade because, one, you don't have enough depth to trade right now. But also, you're not sure even if you can can trade some of these guys in the health and safety protocols. And so that's something to keep in mind with all of this, that the Hornets are going to have to navigate through a difficult path in the meantime, if indeed the pressure is ramped up by Indiana because they want to get a deal done sooner rather than later. And the Hornets just might be out of luck because they can't do it with everybody entered in the health and safety protocols. But with that, we'll bring in Wes Bryant, Charlotte Hornets, Bally Insider. Really appreciate him joining us once again. Wes, great to see you, man. How are you doing? What's going on, fellas? West Wednesday, Wednesdays mm-hmm. are in full effect yet again. 
I mean, and you always bring the duds. Uh, this is becoming your reputation, Wes. Like, we're going to get in the third segment where you brought another fire suit on the camera at the home game the other night, and we're going to have to get to that because I, I love it all. I mean, the reputation is extremely well-earned. I love to see all the great fits. I just hope that you continue to bring it because you've set the bar really high. Like, you came out swinging for the fences, and you've knocked it out of the park. But even here, like the hoodie that I see, I feel like I've seen that in some algorithm ad targeted towards me. I almost pulled the trigger. Here you are, sporting it, repping it in my face, and I'm jealous that I didn't pull the trigger. I mean, Wes, the fit, the duds, they're starting to just go to a different level that I can't compete with, and I'm and I don't know if anybody can compete with. Thanks, man. I appreciate it greatly for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have I have the eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you too. I, I got it from my mom. My mom just is a little flamboyant. She likes the bright colors and things like that. I think it was passed down to me. My my grandfather was a a, a snazzy dresser back in mm-hmm. the day. Johnny Taylor, the blues singer. So I feel like it's just in the blood. You yeah. know, I just have that eye. And I had seen the last one that you guys saw. The, the, mm. the crocodile, the Dundee, as I call it. Yeah, uh, I had seen it, and and it was a suit that I really like. Uh, <laughs> Look at that, <laughs> Rush Hour Two with Chris Tucker, and he had on the full suit, and I liked it. So when I saw it in the window of the store, I said, "Oh man!" I said, "That's just like the joint Chris Tucker had on." Yeah, I, I got to get that. So I went in the store. That was like two weeks ago. I go in the store. I'm looking. And uh, I had it, and I saw they only had one more in my size. So mm. I said, man, let me go ahead and get this thing. Uh, my girl hated it, but I told her, I got <laughs> the you eye. Really? You know what I'm saying? I got a shit like, I don't like it. I was like, look, I got the eye. Like, your opinion yeah. matters little in this case. I know it's going to be fresh, so – uh, I love it, man. So, yeah, I appreciate it, man. But I yeah. just feel like I, I got a good eye for picking things out that would look, look good on me, man. And I love that. You that, do. That. It's a bold move to tell your girl that uh, that her opinion doesn't matter in this instance. But I got to say, I think you did it well and coordinated it well with the all black with the jacket. The question that I have for you is, before we talk about some Hornet stuff, is did you have the gator or the crocodile shoes to match? Or did you go with something a little bit more simple and something that didn't match the crocodile skin? Yeah, I just went with the blazers, man. That's my okay. worship. I got three pairs of three pairs of Nike blazers. They're becoming okay. uh, one of my favorites to wear uh, mm-hmm. with with the suits. And because uh, most of my back, man, the hard bottoms will kill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> no, I do. Uh, yeah, I hated it. Yeah, and the thing was, I was racking my brain on what to wear with it, and I was like, mm-hmm. man. So I bounced it off a couple of people. I said, what should I wear with it? And uh, so I did come back and ask her. I said, what 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 thing go. look good with it? And then I started going through the stuff and then i said yeah all black will keep it simple and then the bow tie for sure so um i like it it. i like it wes (laughs) <laughs> keep it up keep it up yeah. i know you will um all right so as we were just kind of transitioning there with the hornets five guys in covid protocol they're really undermanned but it, in this situation they're in how about james Booknight? how about jt thor coming in very clutch in their most recent game against Philadelphia of all teams, a team that is very good at defense, but Book Knight comes in 20 minutes, gives you 11 points. They both, he and JT Thor, give you highlight dunks, one off the putback, one that was just in the face of one Andre Drummond. You also had the nice block as well from JT Thor. What did you think of the young guys performing, Wes? It's the first time we've really seen them get significant minutes this season. Yeah, I was really happy to see that. Uh, Coach... Mm -hmm. 
Borrego talked about before the game and his pregame press and how he was excited. He hated the circumstances that it's coming in, but that he was very excited uh, for the opportunity and the next man up mentality that we always hear about. But he said he was excited to see guys get reps and see what they could do in live action. And especially in a game like that one where you go to overtime, you have some pressure moments there where guys need to make plays in every position or every possession counted. It was nip and tuck. So you like to see guys in that environment. It's not a game where it's already decided where you're down 20 or up 20. You guys had to really put in some real minutes. And for book night, I was especially happy because I know with him being drafted as high as he was, and him coming in and, and and struggling to get his first points until the other night. So I know his confidence maybe – it didn't always look like his confidence was waning, but I'm sure maybe mm-hmm. it got to him a little bit. So for him to come in there and make some plays, especially that nasty putback dunk that he it's had. Insane. And then – oh, and then the one move that he had that he missed the three, but he hit the yep. guy with the crossover step back. I said, whoa. I said, he got some stuff. You know, he got some stuff in that, in that artillery there. So – um, you're very excited to see that because hopefully guys get enough reps to wear down the road that they can come in and contribute. And also for these guys, their mentality. We know sports is so heavy mentally. So hopefully these guys, it comes through to them to understand that, hey, it might not be going your way right now, but you always need to stay ready because you never know what can happen and when you will be called into duty. Well, and the backcourt is completely depleted, right? I mean, we've seen LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier gone now. From the reports we've seen, it does seem like those are the guys that may have tested positive while the other players might just be in some kind of contact trace that are going to be sitting out for a while. We don't know for sure, but it does kind of seem like that based off reports. And then as Smith is added to all of these players that are out, and so the ball handlers that you have on your team, they're Gordon Hayward, who's really better suited as a small forward. It's Cody Martin, who's a hybrid type of guy that you don't want running the offense all the time, but did a well enough job against Philadelphia. Either way, certainly not your first, second, or maybe even third option. And then it's James Booknight, the rookie who can handle the ball. But again, he's a rookie who hasn't gotten a lot of minutes, and yet they all step up in those situations with Gordon, maybe not shooting the ball well, but dished out nine assists. Cody Martin did handle the ball well. So did James Booknight. Not many turnovers in this game against a really good defensive team. So very cool to see. Wes, the last question I want to ask you before we move on is, have you noticed, though, a different way the Hornets have been playing without a LaMelo? Because their identity is so transition-based, especially when you're number three overall pick, has the ball in his hands. His MO is to run immediately, look up the floor immediately, but they don't have him right now. Like that's a tough thing to replicate. In fact, you can't do it because LaMelo is so special. What have you seen on the court without a LaMelo ball in these last two games where they've been competitive one to go to overtime against Philadelphia, but also just get the win against Atlanta before that. Yeah. I think the pace is still there, but it's a different type of, of pacing, so to speak, because with LaMelo, He's so gifted, and sometimes when you have people that are like that, they're going to take a little bit more risk, and Mm -hmm. that's what makes the great highlights that we see from LaMelo and all those great passes and all those great plays he makes. He's willing to take a risk, whereas you put a guy like Ish Smith in there, and you know he's been around this league, been on 12 different teams, I believe it is, and he's a guy that knows, hey, when I come in, my responsibility is to take care of the basketball, is to make sure we get in the right sets and, and not maybe go off script as much because if I don't, you know, I'm going to be out of a job. So he knows that when he comes <laughs> in, what his responsibility is, 
And so I think that's what you saw manifest itself in the game in Atlanta. He comes in and you have a lot of veteran guys who aren't necessarily the, the flashiest of players who are willing to take some of those risks sometimes that a LaMelo or a Terry Rozier might take at times, but that's what makes those guys great players. So I think he just has some solid vets in there to just play good fundamental basketball. The pacing was still there, but you had guys that really took care of the basketball and minimized risk. You know, it's a great point because LaMelo is going to try all those risky passes and you want him to. I mean, it leads to easier buckets because everybody else is too scared to make it and they just quite literally can't. And so let's go ahead and enhance the better part of what the other players games are just taking care of the basketball but making smart passes making decisive passes rather than trying to squeeze it in a tight window it's a really good point and that's why I think you are getting more turnovers with LaMelo running the ball when his usage is is a lot higher than an Smith or anybody like that yeah. but it's a great point because when you have those other guys come back you just want them to take care of it and hey let's just run the offense where it's kind of loosey-goosey everybody gets to take an advantage of whatever matchup they deem fit so it's a really good point to see what those other backcourt mates can do all right let's talk about um let's talk about some of the uh more difficult things that the charlotte hornets have on their schedule coming up and the way that it's already been difficult for them compared to everybody else in the nba but i do want to discuss bet online because they've got you covered all season for more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, you can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, you can even take advantage of your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait on any of that. They've got all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. What are some of the interesting notes about the Charlotte Hornets season so far and about the games to come? We'll talk about that next with Wes Bryant on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We always appreciate our listeners, and we always appreciate our listeners when they give us content to work with, and that was the case on Twitter just yesterday because the Hornets schedule has been really difficult, and it's interesting to see how that's correlated with their actual record. And so if you look at what's happened with them so far, the Hornets are actually 15-6. and six on at least one day's or plus of rest. And so when you look at that, that's actually when they're not dog tired, they're winning a lot more games than they're losing, 15 and six. But here's where it gets a little tricky and here's where they're a little closer to 500. On zero days rest, the Hornets are 0 and 6 in those games, and four of those were in overtime. And all of those losses in overtime have actually come on the second nights of back-to-backs. And so if you eliminate that or even just cut that in half, then the Hornets are even better than what their record indicates, which it is going to get better. At least you would have to think so. I haven't done the math on the other games, but if they're having all of this trouble at the beginning, right, with the scheduling, all the road games as well, they haven't played many at the Spectrum Center because of the way that the schedule has been uh, made up at the beginning of the season. You're hoping that, one, yeah, maybe the Hornets have tougher opponents by the end, but also also 
more home games and maybe just not many games as many the second night of back-to-back. And Wes, I think that just goes to show that the Hornets are maybe even benefiting from this. Maybe this is a little of a blessing in disguise because once they get all their guys back from COVID protocol and then once the schedule maybe starts to ease up a little bit rest-wise, Hornets are going to be ready to go because the toughest part is already behind them. Yeah, it's going to be excellent for them. These guys have won eight out of their last ten. Coming into the last game with Philly, they had won five in a row. So the Hornets love playing at the hop as they should. But, again, as I I said, Coach Borrego, he's loving this right now, all of the adversity that they've had to deal with. Were you talking about the protocols? Are you talking about the schedule or the road travel? This should have this team battle-tested and ready to make a playoff run. They've had really tough games on the road. As I said, going to play Milwaukee, going to play the Bulls, the Warriors, I mean, the Lakers. They've been through the gauntlet so far this season. So this is a team that I feel like with as many smart veteran guys as they have will have learned many lessons from road losses or or different things, different situations that they've been in that will bode well for them once they do get that good load of home games and get stretches where they get teams uh, that are beatable for them. So I think – This season could end up being, as you said, a blessing in disguise, especially later on in the season when they're really making that playoff push. And hopefully it won't be a push. Hopefully they'll be shooting for a fourth or a fifth seed. Well, and and then hopefully that would put them in the position to win a series, which is something Mitch Kupchak has talked about, right? It's not just getting to the playoffs and then getting bounced and being happy with it. Once they get to the postseason, they want to compete enough to at least be able to win one series, which is something this Hornets team has not done since the early 2000s before they even left for New Orleans we got the Bobcats back and they've been to the postseason a few times since but the closest they got to actually winning a seven game series was 2016 when they played the Miami Heat purple shirt guy all of that Dwayne Wade destroyed them at the end that's the closest we have ever been and so it's it's time for this team to the series. I think they've re, uh, rebuilt very well with LaMelo, and we'll see the kind of finishing touches that they put on this team. Wes, before we go into um, maybe some other things real quickly, I did want to discuss the Indiana Pacers rumors that are coming out where uh, the report is that they are ready to rebuild themselves, and because of that, they might trade a Miles Turner, a DeMontis Sabonis, and or a Karis LeVert. You know, how much do you pay attention to those types of things when other teams might be having a fire sale, and if the Charlotte Hornets could be interested in that sort Sort of thing. How much do you pay attention and uh, how much are you intrigued by some of those stories that might affect the Hornets? I definitely pay attention. It's very exciting. I love the trades. I love free agency. That's mm-hmm. what makes sports fun. Uh, with, with Indiana, the, the guys that they have, I'm not sure what the asking price will be. That's the yeah. only thing when you talk about the Charlotte Hornets. For Miles Turner, what do you have to give up to get him? And, and Miles Turner is a good player. But in my opinion, he's not a difference maker, even though for the Hornets, he could be what they need. You're talking about one of the league's leading shot blockers. So he would be just what the doctor ordered for this team defensively. But the thing is, what do you have to give up? Would they want a Miles Bridges? Would they want some key pieces uh, Mm -hmm. that you're going to need, especially for a guy like Sabonis, who's been an all-star at this point? You know, he's not the, the greatest defensive player. He's a tough guy. But, you know, Lord knows offensively, he's very gifted. Yeah. So it's it's what would the asking price be? I think for Sabonis, it might be a little too rich. For Miles Turner, you know, maybe, but 
again, that I seems like the sweet spot. Is- I'm with you. Like Sabonis, you know, he's a great player. Anybody would be glad to have him. But are you willing to give up what it would take to go get us a bonus? It right. seems like Turner's that sweet spot. And maybe even then it's not worth it. So the price is going to be really interesting because NBA Twitter loves Miles Turner, but they've been trying to get rid of him for a while now, it seems like, in Indiana. Yeah. And none of the teams are biting for the asking price and what the Pacers are indeed wanting in return. And so it's very weird. Yeah, and he, and he does, right? He's banged up. And so we'll, we'll see what happens with the Hornets and their interest in some of these guys. All right, before we get you out of here, Wes, I did want to talk about your weekend at the ACC championship game because you were tweeting a lot of photos with some of the better ACC players in years past. Awesome yeah. to see, right? I saw you have a photo with Darrell Revis, Peter Warwick. Like, it, it is Peter Warwick the most most heard name when you discuss like obscure college football player but it's like everybody's favorite because he was man. so fun at florida state and that was your favorite was that the highlight of your weekend man was it because <laughs> we had the legends dinner this week and i had tried to be able to go to that just so i could meet him i've never had any interest in the legends dinner <laughs> this year i hit up my man at the acc office i said hey can i get in so he wasn't able to get me, and it didn't even dawn on me that they do that ceremony before the game. So the guy started walking out, and then Dan Marino, he looked me in my, dead in my face and said, what's up, when he came out there too. <laughs> man, when Peter Ward walked by me, I said, oh, like I don't fan yeah. out for a lot of people. But I said, oh, I, said, I forgot they're going to be out here. So then he was standing on the sideline while he was waiting for them to do it because I told uh, the social girl I was with, I said, uh, can you – take a picture of us when they get done. But then I saw him just hanging out. I said, oh, no, no way. I'm letting this opportunity Got to. I said, I begged my mom for that uh, Bengals number 80 jersey. Uh, (laughs) There you go. I used to be in my living room acting a fool for this guy, man. So I went up and and spilled it all. I said, Pete, I said, you're my all-time favorite football player. (laughs) I'm from North Carolina. I said, man, you were my guy. And he ate it up. I told him I just got a a T-shirt for him. Hold on, hold on. I got something for you. Go, go do it. Go do it. And look at that photo, man. Like, the thing about Pete. No, you're good. You're good. I'm buying you time. But, like, Peter Warwick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just got this. Okay, there you go. Let's check it out. Yeah, I mean that the caricatures are great, man. That's yeah, a- man. I- I, and you know, I don't like to give give the ops, the opposing schools, my money like that. But I was actually looking for a Bobby Bowden shirt because I was a ginormous Florida State fan when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I saw that shirt. And I said, oh, no, no way I'm passing that up. So he ate up. He was like, man, you should have bought the shirt so I could sign it. He oh, dapped no. me up, man. He loved it. He appreciated the love a lot. And that was a big moment for me man when i talk about sports overall in my life man he's top five favorite athlete uh of all time in any sport and i mean that's just my guy i hated the way his pro career ended yeah uh, he made me feel like i was a curse on guys because i do have a litany of players that i bought their jerseys that it <laughs> oh, didn't no. turn out so well for him but uh it was just fantastic to meet him man and he was so receptive to me and everything i said so that was awesome well, sometimes it's not great to meet your idols. I'm glad it worked for you with Peter Warwick, man. And, and again, it's like everybody that likes college football loves Peter Warwick. And, and I'm glad that Peter Warwick ate it up like that when you got to talk to him. Such a physical player. At the I position, mean, he was a man, guy so that, dynamic. You know, he made he made it. He made high school highlights in college. We haven't yeah. seen a player do the things he did outside of a Reggie Bush or a C.J. Spiller. That's Since right. then, I mean, he talking about guys who cuts back against the field and, and jukes five or six guys and scores. Nobody does that, but mm-hmm. he did it, man. So it was cool. And then Revis, I just pushed my way onto the field. I had the field pass. I said, hey, Revis is out there. We were doing IG lives for the for the station. I said, man, let me uh, 
I said, let me pull up on Revis. I said, what are they going to say to me? You know what I'm saying? I had to pass on me. So I went and spoke to Revis, <laughs> and he was super cool too, man. So it, it was a lot of fun that night, man. Didn't turn out fun for my deeks, but it was a no. fun night overall. Hey, I was pulling for you. I wanted to see Dave Clawson, Wake Forest, get it done. Pittsburgh yeah. had a great year, but I really did want to see Wake Forest. Uh, so it, it wasn't for lack of trying on my end, Wes. I did all I could from the couch watching that ACC championship game. Yeah, that it picture I was, I was actually enough. telling, I was in the middle of doing the live and mm-hmm. telling our social media girl to take a picture of us. So I'm trying to multitask right now. I'm like, hey, take the picture. <laughs> the <wildlife. laughs> but that's yeah, right. that's what I did. Yeah. Um, Wes, do you have two phones in that photo and then you're having somebody else take the picture? Like, what, two what's phones, up? Because two- I, I had our social media girl's phone because okay. she had the, the IG live account for. Uh, the ACC Digital Network, and then I had my phone trying to tell her, uh, trying to ask her to take the picture without without messing up the live. <laughs> you you had to do it all, man. That's what Wes does. He does it all. He talks about the Charlotte Hornets and he talks about ACC football. Still talking about ACC basketball. So go follow him at West Got Range on Twitter. He's talking about it all, and we appreciate him joining us once again for West Wednesdays and always bringing the nice duds. Wes, we appreciate it, man. Thanks again for your time. For sure, man. Check us out too. ACC Digital Network on on all the platforms you can find. Hey, man, the Hornets coverage. We're gonna do it big mm-hmm. again tonight, so we're ready to rock. Hey, let's get the win, man. Let's break the curse against for Philadelphia. Sure. It's it. been far too it. long. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Tomorrow it'll be me and Julian Cancel on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.